everybody. Um, this is going to be a new uh, series, I guess, on my podcast where I come on and talk about some true crime cases because I feel like talking about these things can kind of bring awareness to these cases and you can recognize certain patterns that happen within these cases so you know how to protect yourself and move when you see people. This is not a generalization of any sorts and I'm not trying to generalize anybody, but I feel like spreading awareness and talking about these things just equips you better for living in the world we live in and not being as naive as you can be by showing you how dark humanity and humans really can be towards each other for whatever reason it may be. So with that being said, I want to talk about a case that has been extremely, extremely infamous for a while and it is the case of John Benet Ramsey. Before we get into this case, I just want to let you know that this case does involve a child. So if you do not want to listen to a homicide against a child, please don't listen to this. It is extremely hard for me to even talk about. Um, I don't have kids. I have younger siblings. And this case is a lot. And I don't blame you if you don't want to listen to it. Again, before we get into this, I also want to bring up a little um, statistic. The reason I'm doing a lot of cases like this, well, will be, um, is because of the brutality a lot of them face. And I've noticed that, um, according to a lot of statistics, gender-related killings of women remain a huge problem. Because a lot of homicides are men, but that doesn't mean that like a target wouldn't necessarily go after someone who is weaker or like less able to protect themselves. So with that being said, it's very important. I'm not saying to live your life in fear, but it is very important that we know how to protect ourselves. So, in cases like this, um, I often listen to true crime. It really helps me get an understanding of what kind of people, um, people who like to kill will go after. And I hate saying it like that because it's extremely brutal and straight to the point, but as sad as it is, it's the real life. Don't live your life in fear. Live your life cautiously. There's a huge difference between that. Protect yourself at all costs. Protect the people around you at all costs. But don't live in fear. There's a, there's a big difference between those two things, basically is what I'm trying to say. But let's get into the case of John Benet Ramsey. So, John Benet Ramsey was born on August 6th, 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia and was the younger of two children of Patricia Ramsey, who goes by Patsy, and John Bennett Ramsey. She had an older brother named Burke, who was born in 1987. John Bennett's first name was a combination of her father's first and middle name, and her mother's first name was used as her middle name. She was enrolled in kindergarten at High Peaks Elementary in Bolden, Colorado. Bolter, sorry. John Ramsey was 
a businessman who was the president of Access Graphic, which was a computer software company that later became a subsidiary of Lockhead Market. His first marriage ended up in a divorce in 1978, and in 1991, John moved with Patsy, his second wife, to Boulder, where Access Graphics was located. And Patsy entered John Binet in various child pageants in Boulder, where she was known for being a very good pageant girl. And she had won a lot of titles, such as Little Miss Sher- uh, Charles Boy, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, and Tiny National Tiny Miss Beauty. John Penney was an, a very, very active child in beauty pageants, and Patsy was always recorded as being a pageant mother by their people after this murder was completed. And this little thing I'm going to say is something that you should probably remember for later, as it becomes a huge point of speculation in this this whole case. So after John Bonnet's death, the Ramses moved to a new home in Atlanta after a summer at their vacation retreat in Charlevoix, Michigan, and Patsy did later die of ovarian cancer at age 49 in 2006 and was buried next to her daughter. So, how does this case start? Well, in the early morning hours of December 26, 1996, making John Bonet six years old, John and Patsy woke to find that their six-year-old daughter was missing from their bed and discovered a ransom note on the stairs demanding $118,000 for their daughter's safe return. The police pointed out on the scene that the amount was nearly identical to the Christmas bonus of the prior year, which which suggested that someone who would have access to this information would have been involved in the crime. So logically, investigators looked at several theories behind the dollar amount being demanded, considering employees at graphic Access Graphics who might have known about John's prior bonus. They also considered the possibility that the ransom note demanded was a reference to Psalm or Psalm 118 and spoke to a religious revelance. Um, And if you are curious on what Psalm 118 says, I will read that off to you right now. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. And Psalms is just saying thank you to the Lord, basically. It's, if you don't know, it's from the Holy Bible. And this ransom note had appeared to be something very strange. It looked like it had came from the same dialogue as these films like 
were this people, Ransom, escaped from New York in speed, which a lot of people deemed as pretty close, um, sources. And this Ransom note was unusually long. The FBI told the police that it was very unusual for such a note to be written at a crime scene. And the police believed that the note was staged because it didn't have any finger fingerprints except for patsies and authorities who had handled it because it was very unusual to use exclamation marks and other punctuate punctuations and the note and a practice draft were written, written with a pen and a notepad from the ramsey home um, according to the cbi which is the colorado Bureau of Investigation, there are indications that the author of the ransom note is Patricia Ramsey. However, the evidence fell short to, to a definitive conclusion. Because when you think about it, when you're writing a ransom note at a crime scene, why would you take so long to write something so long? You, like, you might get caught like it just it does it doesn't make sense to a lot of people which is why i could fully believe that something else went down but let me let me get back to the point michael baden a board certified forensic pathologist who had consulted with both sides of the case said he had never seen a note like this in his 60 year experience and that he did not think it was written by an outside stranger a federal court ruled it really unlikely that Patsy wrote the note, citing six certified handwriting experts. The court bemoaned the existence of the self-proclaimed experts without credentials, trying to enter the case, accusing Patsy without scientific basis. This, the thing is... It is super easy to change your handwriting, and I feel like a lot of people forget that. Um, I don't know. That's just me. You can write one way and then write another way, just like how we write in cursive and then we write in standard written language, like written English. So I don't know. But the ransom note reads as the following: Mister Ramsey, listen carefully! Exclamation mark. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want to see her by 1997, you must follow our instructions in the letter. You will withdraw $1,800 from your account 100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining 18,000 in 20 make sure that you bring an adequate sized attachment to the bank when you get home you will put the money in a brown paper bag I will call between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on the delivery The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery on the money, hence a earlier pickup of your daughter. 
any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for a proper burial. The two gentlemen watching your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you do not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as the police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert the bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are very familiar with the law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99 chance of getting your of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you will stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant security as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain drawn. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think killing us. Don't think that killing will be difficult. Do not un- underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. S-B-T-C. That's who it was signed by. And despite the note's warning not to involve the police, Patsy immediately called them, as well as friends and family, in order to aid in search for John. John Benam. The police rebut arrived at 5.55 a.m. and found no signs of entry. And the thing is, the night before, it was snowing outside. And there were no footprints coming from anywhere outside of the house that could, like, you could see that they were going to either a window or to even the front door. I believe there actually were footsteps from the front door outwards, but I might be completely wrong here. It's insane (laughs) and scary. So, the police searched around and didn't find any signs of forced entry, but didn't search the basement where her body would eventually be found. Now, before John Benet's body was even found, there were many investigative mistakes made. Only John's Benet, only John Benet's room was cornered off, so friends and family roamed the rest of the house, picking up things and potentially destroying evidence. The Boulder Police Department also shared evidence they found with the Ramses and delayed conducting their informal interviews with the parents. At 1 p.m., the detectives instructed Mr. Ramsey and the family to go around the house and see if anything was amiss. The first place they looked was the basement, where they found John Bunny's body. John Ramsey immediately picked up his daughter's body and brought it up the stairs, which destroyed any potential evidence by disturbing the crime scene. Now, during the autopsy... It was discovered that John Benet had also died from asphyxiation due to strangulation. In addition, there was a skull fracture. Her mouth had been covered in duct tape, and her wrists and neck were wrapped with a white cord. 
Her torso had been covered in a white blanket, and there was no conclusive evidence of rape, as no semen was found in her body, and her sexual parts had been wiped clean, although sexual assault had occurred. I'm sorry. I'm getting very upset reading this, just thinking about what happened to this little girl, but... No sexual, although a sexual assault had occurred. The makeshift garret was made using the length of a cord and a part of a hairbrush from the basement. The coroner, coroner also found what was believed to be pineapple in st- John Bonet's stomach. Her parents said that they didn't remember giving her any the night before as she died, but there was a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen, which had a, her nine-year-old brother Burke's fingerprints on it. However, this meant that little time, there was little time, cannot be attributed to to fingerprints. The Ramseys maintained that Burke was in his room all night asleep, and there was never any physical evidence to to reflect otherwise. There are two popular theories when it comes to the Ramsey case, which we're going to get into right now. The family theory and the intruder theory. The initial initial investigation focused heavily on the Ramsey family for many reasons. The police felt that the ransom note was staged and unusually long. Were in using a pen and paper from the Ramsey's house and demanded almost the exact amount of money that John had received as a bonus earlier that year. Additionally, the Ramseys were reluctant to cooperate with the police though they later said it was because they feared the police would not conduct a full investigation and target at them as easy suspects. However, three members of the immediate family were questioned by investigators and submitted handwriting samples to compare to the ransom lender. Both John and Burke were cleared of any suspicious suspicion of writing their note. Although it was made, Patsy could not be conclusively cleared by her handwriting sample. This analysis was not further supported by any evidence. And despite a larger pool of suspects, the media immediately focused on John Bonet's parents. And they had spent years in the harsh limelight of the public eye. In 1999, a Colorado grand jury voted to indict the Ramseys on child endangerment and obstruction of a murder investigation. However, the prosecutor felt like the evidence did not meet a beyond-reasonable doubt standard and declined, the, declined to prosecute. John Bonet's parents were never officially named suspects in the murder. And the um, intruder theory has lots of physical and evidence to support it. There was a but a but boot. Sorry, there was a boot print found next to John Bonet's body, which did not belong to anyone in the family. There was also a window that was broken in the basement that was believed to be the likely point of entry for the intruder. Additionally, there was DNA from drops of blood from an unknown male found on her underwear. 
The floors in the Ramsey's home were heavily carpeted, making it plausible for an intruder to have carried John Bonnet downstairs without walking, without waking the family. And one of the most famous suspects was John Carr. He was arrested in 2006 when he confessed to killing John Bonnet on accident after he drugged and sexually assaulted her. Carr was eventually dismissed as a subject after he revealed that there had been no drugs found in John Bonnet's system, so police couldn't confirm that he confirmed that he was at the boulder in this time, and his DNA did not match anyone at the profile generated from the sample from the samples found. Much of the investigation in the case resolves around the DNA profiles being developed in a sample found in her underwear and the touch DNA later developed from Long John's. The profile from her underwear was entered into CODIS, which is a national DNA database in 2003, but no matches have been identified. In 2006, Boulder District Attorney Mary Lacey took over the case, and she agreed with the federal prosecutor that the intruder theory was more plausible than the Ramseys killing their daughter. Under Stacy's lead, investigators developed a DNA profile from touch DNA, which was DNA left by skin cells in on her long johns. And in 2008, Lacey released a statement detailing the DNA evidence and fully exaggerating the Ramsey family, saying the Boulder District's attorney, attorney's office does not support or consider any family of the Ramsey family, including John, Patsy, or Burke Ramsey as suspects in this case. We make it we make this announcement now because we have recently obtained new scientific evidence that adds significantly to the expulc I don't know how to say that word exculpatory exculpatory value of the various scientific evidence. We do so with full appreciation for the other evidence in this case, local, national and even international publicity has focused on the murder of John Bonet Ramsey, including her mother or her father or even her brother. We are reasonable for this brutal homicide. Those suspicions were not based on evidence that had been tested in court. Rather, they were based on evidence reported by the media. In 2010, the case was officially reopened with the renewed focus on on the DNA samples. Further testing has conducted the samples of experts that now believe the sample is actually from two individuals rather than one. In 2016, it was announced that the DNA would be sent to the Colorado Bureau of Investigation to be tested one more with more modern methods and the authorities hope to develop an even stronger DNA profile of the killer. In 2016, the CBS uh, CBS aired the case of John Bonet Ramsey, which employed implied that 
implied that her nine-year-old brother Brooke was the killer despite the fact that he was cleared by the DNA evidence that proved the existence of a intruder. Intruder. Burke filed a $750 million lawsuit against CBS for defamation, and the case was settled in 2019. And while the terms of the settlement were not disclosed, his lawyer said the case was amicably resolved to the satisfaction of all party. The John Benet Ramsey case is still open and still remains unsolved. I know that this felt like a lot of info, and trust me, it is a lot of info. Um, it's incredibly upsetting to know that this case is still unsolved, and this little girl still hasn't gotten any justice. And I just want to say, when I do talk about cases like this, I'm not trying to sensationalize them whatsoever. I'm just trying to spread awareness. And like I said, hopefully this will bring some awareness to everyone and their safety because a lot of people have this mentality that it will never happen to them. But that's not the truth. Um, I know our statistics say otherwise, but there's always that percentage that it will happen to you. Because just like all the victims in this case, it could happen to you. And it, and it did happen to unsuspecting people. So just be cautious and aware and please protect yourself. Please carry some sort of self-defense items with you at all times. And if you can afford it, I highly recommend, I highly recommend taking some sort of self-defense classes especially if you are smaller framed shorter you weigh less things like that it's very very important and i cannot stress enough that your safety is very important and yeah i i don't know that's all i wanted to say thank you for listening to this episode and hopefully by spreading more awareness two cold cases like this, we can help these victims get the justice they deserve.